You're listening to episode 151 of the Voice in Canada podcast. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hello there, and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I have an incredible guest today, one of my favorite voice developers uh, in the entire industry. But just before we get to that, I want to remind you that we have the Voice Den coming up Wednesday, January 27th at 5 p.m. Pacific, an opportunity to listen and speak, more importantly, speak with the voice fluencers of our industry. I am so proud to note that we have two headliner sponsors for this episode. We have Amazon A-L-E-X-A, I don't want to say the word in case I trigger your device, but you know who they are, and they have been so instrumental in bringing the voice den to all of us, uh, even in 2020. So a big shout out to Amazon Lexi, I'll call them. And the other headliner sponsor is also Google Assistant. I am so, so happy, so thrilled that Google is also one of the headliner sponsors. Uh, I look forward to uh, working with them throughout 2021 as uh, we are able to bring more and more resources to you through the voice den. So a big, big shout out to both Amazon and Google. Now, today's episode is a really great one because this is a recording of the Voice Lincer Show with Alan Furstenberg. Alan is one of, uh, like I said, one of my favorite developers when it comes to voice technology. He is so generous with his knowledge. He is always giving. And uh, we get into a couple of different topics here. He's actually a Google expert developer. So if you're interested in Google, um, Google Assistant, then this one may be uh, particularly applicable to you. But it goes beyond that. We talk about hearables. Uh, we talk about wearables. Uh, we talk about his podcast, Two Voice Devs. Uh, we cover it all. And so uh, in this episode, I am interviewing Alan with my guest co-host, Ian Utilly. And um, I hope you will enjoy. So uh, let's get right to the episode. Here is Alan Furstenberg. Hey, it's going well. How are things going with you? Fantastic. And Ian, good to see you back. How's it going? I am happy to be here. We're here with Alan. Prisoner. I'm, I'm very excited about this conversation. Prisoner. Before, okay, hold on. We got to get, I want to get into the nickname just very briefly. I know we've talked about that in the voice, Dan. For people that are seeing you now, they may not be aware of that nickname. But maybe even before we get to that, Alan, maybe I can just ask you to introduce yourself a little bit to the uh, to the viewers, to the listeners. Sure. So I'm, I'm Alan Furstenberg. I'm a software developer. I'm also uh, what Google refers to as a Google developer expert. So I help people a lot with learning how to use various Google technologies, including the Google Assistant, and specifically developing for, for those technologies. Um, that's kind of what I do is my, my hobby, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, for my day job, I work for a company called Objective Consulting. And a lot of what we do are helping clients uh, kind of take the, the skills, the technologies, the things that they have now, and apply them to new technologies that are coming along. So over the years, we've had clients say to us things like, you know, we're trying to send out a bunch of faxes. Is there a better way that we can do this? Or what is this web thing? And should we care? And, you know, so so what's an iPhone? What, what can we do with it? You know, so questions like that. And now we're answering questions like, what is this voice thing? Who's Alexa anyway? 
um, and helping them understand not just what this technology is and how they can use it, but how they can use what they're already doing to leverage that. So, you know, if they're already producing content, if they're already producing audio in some cases, what does that mean for this new technology? And, and how can they, with, with minimal additional work, do great things? And that's kind of what we want to do is, you know, when their IT department says, oh, we don't know, uh, we can say, yeah, you can, you can take this and you can do some really awesome stuff with it. So when somebody asks you that question, what is this voice thing? How do you, what's your answer to that? How do you approach that question? That's actually a good question. Um, it really depends in some ways the client or the person that we're working with and how much of what we know that they're doing is already related to voice. We've had clients who have been doing audio work for, well, many, many, many years in some cases. And we say to them, you know, this is taking the voice the voice world that you're already familiar with and personalizing it or giving you the ability to personalize it. So, you know, previously you had people that were broadcasting or podcasting. What would it now feel like if that broadcaster or that podcaster was sitting across the desk from each and every person? What would that feel like? Hmm. What would that be like? What content would you create? What would the conversation look like? What would, you know, how does it feel? Um, in other cases, for people who are more used to putting stuff out on the web or putting stuff out on mobile, we say things like, well, what does that sound like if you were listening to it instead of reading it? What would it be like if people could work with that data in the car or in the kitchen or in places where they couldn't do it before? So there is no one answer, but there are a whole lot of questions. And I think, you know, for, for those of us that are familiar with voice, that's really what it comes down to is, you know, what are the possibilities? What are the questions that we want to ask about these new technologies? Sure. And and that's where I get people thinking. Right. Well, that's great. Ian, you got to jump in here because I know you've got some thoughts on what, what, what Alan was just saying. Well, I like listening to you. I came here to listen. <laughs> um, I, I'm intrigued by the whole thing. But these are conversations. Yeah. Voice are yeah, about no, conversations. No, I, 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 I love our conversations. I'm also, I'm also being respectful. Uh, and I do, I do respect you. Uh, and I am grateful for what you've done in the industry. I, I, I feel like because you're wearing the Google glasses, I, I'd like to ask a question about that. I bought the Snapchat Spectacle 3s or 4s, whatever the new one was last year. I have done thousands and thousands and thousands of the 10 second snaps, which has two 4K cameras and all the microphones. I have, I'd be surprised if I shared 20 of the thousands that I've taken. And so I understand what they're capable of with augmented reality. And I've been using them to kind of get into the mode, which 2020, I'm getting into the mode of wearing a computer on my face. Now, I believe you've been wearing your Google glasses for over seven years. You mm -hmm. still wear them today. They're still functional. And I was wondering if you could just talk a bit about the marriage between the augmented reality of what you get to see uh, on your glasses that we cannot see and the marriage of that with how the glasses that you're wearing don't seem to have really changed much in the last seven years, if at all. But Google Assistant has drastically increased its ability to as a voice interface. So you've been wearing the same hardware, but your software experience is way different. And so I've been kind of wearing this hardware with no 
voice interface whatsoever. And so I was wondering if you could just maybe talk a little bit about that. Like, how have you seen augmented reality, like kind of freeze in time, right? It took all this time for it to start. People are talking, Apple just did a bunch of patents, but at the same time, voice has just exploded in terms of developments. So I think you'll have some keen insights for the voice tech community on that. And your glasses made me think it was a good thing to ask. Well, thank you for asking. Because one of, one of the things that I really believe when it comes to both uh, Google Glass and the Google Assistant is that Google Glass was in many ways the predecessor to what we see now in the Assistant and in other voice devices. Um, the, the notion that we've got a device that's there uh, pretty much whenever we want it and can ask it questions, give it commands, have it do things almost completely with our voice is a really, really powerful notion. It's, it was Glass that kind of introduced me to that notion of ubiquitous computing. And I think a lot of what we're going to see is how assistant devices like the Google Assistant, like Alexa, will someday just evolve into this ubiquitous computing notion. And for me, Glass was the start of all of that. So it was it was Glass that kind of taught me, you know, you you you. I think a lot of people look at Glass and say, oh, it's an augmented reality device, and I never did. I kind of more saw it as a supplemental reality device, but it was mostly something that kept me immersed in my reality, in the physical world, but still provided that easy hook into the technology that I needed once once in a while. So I could be enjoying the world around me. And if I saw something that I enjoyed, I could quickly take a picture and continue to enjoy the world around me. If mm -hmm. I got a notification, I'd hear a little chirp and I could glance and see who is that notification from. And if mm -hmm. it's you know important, and it almost never is, but if it's important, I can then quickly respond to it just using my voice. So it's yeah. this, comb this multimodal combination of hearing the chirp glancing to see who it's from and replying using my voice. That's incredibly yeah. powerful. And mm -hmm. if it was something that was really important, I could then pull out my phone and type out a longer message or put in attachments that were synced from my glass or right. other things as appropriate. But it's, it's being able to smoothly move across devices and using the right devices in the right place at the right time so that I can get on with the more important things in my life, the, the things that are around me in the world. And that's what Glass meant to me. And those are the lessons that I think I've certainly brought into working with and developing for the Google Assistant. When you look at the future of multimodal wearables that have voices and interface and any other uh, element, right? Like what you're wearing, there's whatever Google is baking in the oven that maybe we can have insights in terms of patents have been filed or things have been leaked, but things are not known. We know some things about Apple. I mentioned to you, I've been wearing Snapchat spectacles. There's lots and lots of different devices, obviously Facebook uh, and Microsoft really focused on the VR devices that are consumer devices they're creating. Could you talk a bit about other multimodal devices that are either at market for consumers or that are scheduled to ship in 2022 or whatnot. Um, and could you maybe even talk about like anything that you would like to see coming that has a voice interface, right? Voice in AR, voice in VR, voice in something. 
I just would like a little more insight because I just think that you have <clears throat> a unique experience that maybe many of your peers have, but not so many of your peers have that are also authoritative voices in our specific voice tech industry. Well, I, I think that that's one of the interesting issues that I see is that right now, the AR and VR worlds and the voice world, the audio worlds, are kind of separate right now. We're not talking to each other all that much. So we're seeing uh, head-mounted devices, glasses, that have microphones but not displays, or displays but no speakers. You know, so we're not seeing this real crossover that I think will will benefit everyone. Personally, I'm not very optimistic about AR and VR systems. I think they are still many, many years out. And I think the biggest reason is that they are way too distracting for regular daily use. But I think that audio is something that is not terribly distracting right now. Or we can use it in ways and, and interact with it in ways that aren't as distracting as, you know, staring down at a phone or, um, you know, staring abstractly out into space, looking at this this image that nobody else can see. Uh, and I think voice is, is that nice blend. What I do think we will see are this crossover happening more and more. So, uh, you know, I think we started seeing that with um, Focals by North. And North is now a company that, that Google bought. So we started to see that they had some voice interaction and some visual interaction and some controls with a discrete joystick you controlled on your hand. That kind of crossover I think is incredibly powerful. And I think we'll start hearing more about that going forward. But I, I think that's until we really get people that understand that crossover, we're gonna have you know isolated and, and strange um, devices that don't seem like they are good fits, you know? So, and I think spectacles are a good example of that. They are great at taking pictures, but they're not this more general purpose system and they're not really meant to be. Um, I, I worry a little bit that Apple in their, in, in the systems that we hear, speculate, whatever coming from them uh, are focusing more on the visual and not on audio. And I mm. think failure to do that will create a very awkward system. Mm. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna say this last comment and then hand it over to you. Yeah. Uh, but since you mentioned some of the things you just said, I'll just say my experience is most people wanna try my spectacles once. They don't wanna wear them a second time. So it's a novelty that even my voice, right? My eight and 11 year old, my friends, technologist friends, nerd, geek friends, doesn't matter. Yeah, let me try those. They wear them, we're on a ride, we're out looking at the beautiful ocean. And then it's like, I ask them again, no, I'm not, no, I'm not interested. So that's something that's very interesting. The CEO of, of Snap recently said, he thinks it's over 10 years away and it's an investment into the deep future. And so I think a lot of what you're saying lines up with, my personal experience, the experience of the people around me, which isn't that big of a deal, but it's mine, as well as what you see the leaders of these companies that have invested a tremendous amount of time, money, resources, and their brand into it, recognizing it's a decade away, but what's here today is voice. And so I'm going to hand off questions back to the voice doctor. 
<laughs> it's great discussion. I'm enjoying the discussion. It's fantastic. Um, you know, it, it makes me think of a conversation we had with um, Joan um, from uh, Women of Voice. And she was talking about multimodal and how different senses, we had a discussion about different senses coming in visual and, uh, you know, using your, using your sight, uh, vision, hearing, and also maybe using touch and gestures and all this sort of stuff. And until somebody can really kind of meld all of those in the in the perfect way, um, I can see how it could be awkward. So it's, anyway, very interesting discussion. Um, Alan, I want to shift to something else, an interesting project that you're working on that you sort of hinted to, to Ian and I, we wanted to learn more about because it might solve a big problem for both of us and other people. <laughs> what is this whole deal about talking to spreadsheets? No, no, I didn't say talking to spreadsheets. Oh, okay. I said Sorry. talking with spreadsheets. Ah, okay, I stand corrected. And, yeah, better, and, and better. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think Com it's an important distinction Let's because in, in my mind, talking to a spreadsheet means asking questions and getting data back, right? So we, we think of, you know, vast sums of knowledge somewhere. Um, and I ask questions and, you know, that are in spreadsheets and I ask questions and I get answers back that are personal to me. And I think that that notion is important because that says that we have assistants right now that can answer general questions. But what I really want are answers to my personal questions. Mm -hmm. If I'm tracking my weight in a spreadsheet, I want to ask, how am I doing? And I want my assistant to tell me, well, you've been doing pretty good the past week, but yesterday you gained a couple of pounds. That's the kind of really ultra personalized information that I want out of my spreadsheets, that I want out of my data, because it's mine. Um, so that's that's certainly the talking to a spreadsheet to get data out of it. But one of the great things about spreadsheets is that almost everyone knows how to set one up. More people program in spreadsheets than any other programming language that's out there. Hmm. So I also want to do not just the ask for information from a spreadsheet, but be able to put data into a spreadsheet using my voice. So that every morning when I step on the scale, I can say, hey, G, record my weight and tell it what my weight is that morning. And it shows up in that spreadsheet. Uh, and that's a project I've been working on. It's called Voodoo Drive, V-O-D-O Drive. It's available right now for the Google Assistant. Um, it's still a little experimental. It's clearly really in its early stages. But what it does is it lets you set up spreadsheets your way, your spreadsheets, your data, your column headers, the way you want it. You tell it to add a row and it prompts you for the data that you want to put into it based on the headers that you put in. And you can then ask for data and based on the formulas that you've put in, get the data out. And it's a live spreadsheet. It lives in Google Drive. So you can immediately see the results of what either of what you put in in this spreadsheet that's living out there in Google Drive right as you're entering the data. So this is, it's early, it's experimental. It's one of the things my company and I are working on, but we think it's it really taps into this notion of your data, enter it the way you want it. It's multimodal, so you, you enter it on desktop, mobile, or voice, and get the data out the way you want it, desktop, mobile, or voice. I love that. And let me tell you why. I, this makes me think of a use case in my day job as a physician. Because when I'm dealing with an electronic medical record, 
and we're tracking, I mean, there's so many different parameters and different, different things that we could be tracking. Uh, blood pressure, weight is, is the perfect example. So when I go to an, e, an EHR, EMR, however you want to call it, and I want to pull up a weight of a patient of mine, what I really want to know is not so much the weight at a single time, because that doesn't give me any information. What I want to know is that weight in reference to what their weight was two weeks ago, a month ago. And so I'm imagining a future, maybe it's not so far off based on what you're doing right now, where I could talk to my medical record and I can say, what is Mr. Jones' weight? And the, 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 the assistant or whatever is, that's built into this medical record says to me, here's Mr. Jones' weight, but what's important to note is that his weight was such and such two weeks ago and it's down or it's up. And that brings a whole other element to the interpretation of the data. And so I love what you opened up there with um, that sort of thing. Have you thought about eventually the, the scale of this type of, of Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and that I think is one of the great things that I like about modeling this on top of a spreadsheet is that it's, I'm, I'm not specifying parameters. I'm not saying, you know, we are only right now supporting entering weight and blood pressure because those are the only things I'm concerned about. If you're concerned about blood pressure and pulse, you create a spreadsheet that has, you know, systolic, diastolic pressure and pulse, and now it's your data. If you want to be able to record some other information, you know, if you just want to be able to generally record how you're feeling at any moment on a scale of one to 10, create a spreadsheet and put it in. If you want to, you know, then say, well, what does my blood pressure look like in the morning versus the evening? You're entering the data. You can now create a view on that data in a spreadsheet to get it out and use your voice to either ask for it or bring it up on a screen or you make a PDF of it and send it to your doctor or turn it into a graph or whatever is most appropriate. The spreadsheet contains the data. You control it. And in my day job, I, I address you know, these issues on specific things. So I've got clients that say, here's the data that we have, or here's the data that I want. What do we do with it and how do we store it? And we will create specialized ways of dealing with that because specialized ways are, you know, if, if you know what, exactly what you're doing, having specialized databases are better. But if you just want to create a general tool, having a general tool like a spreadsheet that most people know how to work with can be really powerful. That's great. And, and so that people can access that right now. They can use it right now, as you said, is that correct? Go to Voodoo Drive, Drive is available today. Um, Amazing. Again, it, it needs work. It always needs, you know, it's one of those things that was a, an early project of mine. In fact, I first started working on it for Glass. Um, and it clearly, every, every time I touch it, I'm like, oh, there's, there's so much more I want to do with it. So it's an evolving project. It's a constantly evolving project, right. but it's available now. Again, that's VODO Drive. Fantastic. Great. Well, let's, I want to finish up with one more topic and that is, um, and first of all, you're, you're so knowledgeable um, and you're so generous with sharing your knowledge with the community. And one of the ways that you're doing that now is through your podcast. And um, I'd love for you to tell us a little about your podcast. What's that all about? Uh, what do you cover? The format, all that kind of stuff. So I work with Mark Tucker, who I, I know you've talked with as well, on a podcast that's uh, currently called Two Voice Devs. 
And our goal with two voice devs is, is kind of to share our knowledge to other voice developers. And we specifically wanted to focus on voice developers because right now we feel like, you know, there's, there's lots of podcasts out there. You have excellent podcasts talking about the voice industry in general or these devices in general. We wanted to specifically say the best way to make these products even better is to tap into the developer ecosystem, the developer space, because it was developers that made the iPhone as wonderful as it was. It was right. developers that made the web what it is. Um, all of these are, are great technologies by themselves, but with developers behind them, we're seeing them used in ways that nobody expected. And that's a, good, that's a mark of a good platform. So Mark and I kind of wanted to say, hey, if you have an idea and you're, you're a developer now or you're working on being a developer, we want to help you be a better developer. We want to help you be a voice developer. We want to help people because that's how we create awesome things. Amazing things happen when you empower people and being a developer is all about empowering yourself to do those things. So as much as possible, it's, it's really boiled down to we want to help people. We want to help people find those developers and make those skills and actions that are wonderful. And that's, that's kind of what it boils down to in its, in its rawest form. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. No, I was just going to say, and I can't think of two better people to be doing that as far as sort of mentoring the, the developers in the community, because uh, as, I, as I told Mark, uh, you know, and you're in, you're in the same boat in my mind, you too, Alan, you and Mark are like when I, when, when people ask me a question, a development question, it's you two that come to mind first in terms of like sending them your way to, to get the questions answered. So, um, boy, if people are developers and they're not listening to your podcast, then I encourage them to go and do that um, because they're missing out from two really knowledgeable yeah. guys. So. And Mark has been a fantastic person to work with. You know, I, we, we first met each other a year ago, didn't really know each other that well. And it's only been within the past six months or so that we started talking and realized both how much we had in common, but also how much was different. That we both brought very different backgrounds and experiences to the development table. And I think one of the things we both want to work on going forward are bringing forth even more voices, more different voices into the development space, because it's it's really our diversity that helps bring out all of these great new different ideas. Right, right. Well, that's, that's great. Um, I think we're going to wrap up here for the sake of time, Ian, but any any final comments for Alan before we uh, I'll ask one last question. Anything else from you, Ian? So it's, not, it's not a real, I just want you to give a little more directive to people that are watching live. By the way, if you're watching live, thanks for your attention. We really appreciate you uh, tuning in. Uh, most people that see this, listen to this conversation will be an archive in five hours or five days or whatnot. I think that when it comes to developers content, like what you and Mark have created with your podcast, most developers don't really know what to do around marketing or sharing. Like if people watch me and Terry stuff, there's a pretty good chance they're probably in the biz dev side of things and the marketing side of things. They do their own events. And so they already kind of know what to do with our content. I think what would be helpful for you and Mark and for your audience and so your audience can grow as it should is if you could just kind of be clear with like, hey, everybody, if you're going to share the podcast, here's what really matters to me and Mark. Can you please go to iTunes? and leave you? Or can you please 
uh, post the podcast on LinkedIn. That's where I live or on Twitter. That's where Mark lives. And I just think any sort of clear direction coming from me right now on how the development community that is already engaged and so that they can attract more developers that are not yet engaged. I think if you could give them just a little bit of insight in terms of how they can best help you, when people are given directives and they already want to help, they're more likely to follow through. So that's my final encouragement, is for you just to give some clear direction to developers so they can help build that community out for you and Mark. Right. I really appreciate that. And, and part of the reason why is, you know, as it kind of suggests, Mark and I are both developers. We're not marketers. Going into this podcast, we were both totally uh, not sure what we were getting ourselves into. So I really appreciate that input as well. Thank you. So having said that, um, well, actually, I'm gonna we'll give you a chance to share. I want to I'll give you a chance to specifically share where people can go to to follow you. But just before we get that, I want to ask you one final quick question, and that's um, has to do with the Voice Den. You're going to be on the Voice Den uh, Party Edition coming up on Saturday. Really excited for that. Um, and that's going to be fun. I, I I hope it will be, and I've and I've full confidence that I'm it will sure. be. Um, got a couple of surprises, things to I can't say too much now, but tune in to find out. What I was gonna say, Alan, is as you know the format, people get to ask questions, and people are gonna get an opportunity to ask you questions. What kind of questions would you like to field on the voice den? What kind of things would you like to talk about? I think the things that I I most look forward to talking about are. Um... And this kind of ties into what, what I think Mark and I are trying to do is it's great to have grand visionary uh, ideas about how we work with voice things. And those are, are fun and interesting, but how do we do that? What, what is the step that I can do tomorrow as a developer, as a user, as a marketer, as a designer, as whatever? What is the concrete thing that I can do tomorrow to start me out on that step? And what do I then need to do the next day? Right. And the day after, you know, what, what are the things that I can actively do? Because that, that's what Voodoo Drive started as. Mm -hmm. It was a, here's my grand vision of talking with the spreadsheet. How do I get there? What's the first thing I need to do? Concrete what does that feel like? Steps. Concrete yeah. actions. Yeah. That's great. That's and great. I think, so. so asking me, concrete, what can I do tomorrow? Those are the ones that I'm, I'm most excited about answering. Perfect. And I'm not surprised to hear you say that. That's kind of what I think of when I think of you, uh, just action taker. Uh, these are the steps, helping people out. Perfect. Well, okay, last, last, uh, last little bit here, as I said, I'd love, Alan, for you to share with all the viewers, with the listeners, um, where can they go to get in touch with you, to follow what you're doing, to listen to your podcast, uh, Take, take, a, take a few moments here and just share the different resources that you would like people to know about. Sure. So you can find us on YouTube or on Anchor FM as two voice devs. Uh, both Mark and I will, uh, will post when we, when we put out new episodes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at A. Furstenberg. Uh, those are the, the two best resources to find things about what I'm talking about and, and where we're going and the things that I like to share. Uh, a lot of, and, and if you want to contact my company for whatever reason, if any of what I just said appeals to you and you want to know what that next step to take is, uh, my company is at spiders.com. And uh, we're always happy to, to help people out on, uh, on their journey to using the data that they may have. Amazing. Well, um, 
Thank you again, Alan, so much for spending some of your time here. Very generous with your time, oh, as always. Um, thank you and, for, for the opportunity to speak. Oh, it's my, absolutely my pleasure. And Ian, thank you for co-hosting again. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. As I mentioned, Alan is uh, one of those guys that knows his stuff when it comes to voice development. And if you are looking for any help at all, I sure encourage you to reach out to Alan because uh, he I know, I know he will only be too happy to give you a hand. Uh, again, I want to uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please make sure that you have subscribed. And if you're so inclined, reviews of the podcast always help tremendously to help uh, other people find the podcast as well. Again, I want to finish off with a reminder about The Voice Den coming up January 27th at 5 p.m. Pacific. It is entirely free thanks to the generous sponsorship of Amazon Lexi and uh, Google Assistant. So thrilled to have both of these uh, major players in the voice space sponsoring the event. So you just go to thevoiceden.com to reserve your free seat. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Have a wonderful week until then, and I'll talk to you very, very soon. Take care. And remember, don't be afraid to speak up.